Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories, coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Throwback Thursday. Funding for Dialysis The governmental funding for dialysis is a very interesting and somewhat convoluted story. In 1972, the U.S. Congress sent an amendment to the Social Security Bill to the Hill that would provide for extension of Medicare coverage to those with chronic kidney disease, specifically dialysis. Congress enacted this historic entitlement, the first and perhaps the last designated to cover a particular diagnosis, that is chronic kidney disease. This is a brief history of that process. In 1944, Wilhelm Kolff in Nazi-occupied Holland first succeeded in prolonging the life of a patient with chronic kidney disease using his primitive artificial kidney machine, which I am told looked like sort of an old washing machine. After the war, Dr. Kolff sent four of these machines to Europe and the U.S. where they were a basis for successful treatment of acute renal failure during the Korean War. In 1960, Belding Scribner at the University of Washington invented a permanent vascular access and placed this in his first patient on long-term continuous hemodialysis. That patient, by the way, lived 11 years. In 1963, the VA administration announced that it would establish about 30 dialysis units in the VA hospital system across the U.S. As an aside, in 1964, the National Institute of Arthritis and Infectious Diseases established a program in transplant immunology after it was found that immunosuppressive drugs could prevent rejection of transplanted kidneys. It was the dialysis efforts that would later prompt the U.S. Bureau of the Budget to question the fiscal implications of dialysis and an important committee named the Gottschalk Committee, named after its chairman, was formed in the middle of the 1960s. I will not go through all the convolutions and machinations involved in the many congressional committees, subcommittees, and individuals as detailed in the NCI Bookshelf article by Richard A. Rettig, R-E-T-T-I-G, entitled Origins of Medicare Kidney Disease Entitlement, the Social Security Amendments of 1972. The big four in dialysis in the 1960s, as noted by Rettig, were George Schreiner Sr., Wilhelm Kolff, John Merrill, and Belding Scribner. Merrill ran the nation's premier renal transplant group in Boston at the Peter Bent Brigham Hospital, and Dr. Schreiner, who we'll hear more about, ran a nephrology training program at Georgetown in Washington, D.C. Dr. Schreiner was also founder of the American Society for Artificial Internal Organs and president, as well as founder of the American Society of Nephrology in 1966 and president of the National Kidney Foundation. Schreiner played an important political role in the development of federal government policy as the Washington strategist and tactician. Dr. Schreiner 
was a very important individual and renowned figure in nephrology. Bills to increase the federal government role in the financing of the treatment of renal disease was introduced in every session of Congress from 1965 onward. The Gottschalk Committee in 1967 sanctioned dialysis and transplantation as established and not just experimental therapies. Nephrology as a specialty was growing as was the number of nephrologists, patients with kidney disease, and the public coverage. During the Gottschalk committee time, there were fewer than a thousand patients being dialyzed in the U.S. That number had increased to 10,000 by the time the 1972 legislation was adopted. H.R. 1, as the bill was called, dealt with Social Security, Medicare, and welfare reform. After study by both the House and Senate Finance Committees and the very powerful Ways and Means Committee, the Social Security Act, the bill's most important amendment to Medicare and making it the most significant expansion in 1965, and was the extension of Medicare coverage to the disabled, was sent to the House and Senate floor with fiscal final agreement to the bill. The brief kidney provision was included in the 300-page bill, which was signed by the President of the United States. The most dramatic effect of the Ways and Means Committee was when Shep Glazer, Vice President of the National Association of Patients on Hemodialysis and a dialysis patient, was briefly dialyzed before the committee. This was widely publicized, and many believe it was the decisive point that caused Congress to enact the kidney disease entitlement. And that is the interesting backstory. This Ways and Means Committee had a tradition of hearing anyone who wished to testify, and it chose not to change its rules in this case and to let Glazier testify. Schreiner and others feared that an accident would cancel all the progress made, but Schreiner's concern was not just overruled, but he received a telephone call at home on the evening before the hearing asking him to bring a dialysis machine to Capitol Hill the next day. If anything went wrong, the physician was instructed by Schreiner to clamp the blood lines, turn off the dialysis machine, and indicate that the dialysis session was over. Several years later, it was disclosed to Dr. Schreiner that Glazier had actually gone into ventricular tachycardia during the dialysis session in front of the committee. The lines were clamped and the treatment was very short, maybe five minutes in all, just long enough to adjust the blood lines but hardly a routine, complete dialysis session. The members of the Ways and Means Committee thought the testimony was excellent, and the national press publicized this dialysis widely. The myth that Glazier's treatment had been decisive in the decision by Congress to enact Section 2991, as the dialysis amendment was termed, had been established. 
There are many more parts of the story, and I refer you to Richard Reddick's great review of all that happened. Suffice it to say that the next part of the story had to do with the financing of this dialysis bill. Some basic information on the incidence of renal disease and the costs of hospital dialysis, home dialysis, and transplantation was given from multiple sources. The number of patients involved and the costs, of course, were grossly underestimated. Some estimates were a thousand times less than the actual costs would eventually be. The human face of needless deaths for patients in renal failure but not able to undergo dialysis. An example, quote, the only thing between them and death was money, end of quote. And the thought by Congress that in the following year there would be a successful bill rendering national health insurance or some type of catastrophic health insurance to all led to the passage of this Section 2991 in the Social Security Amendments of 1971, at that time the longest single piece of legislation Congress had ever passed. President Nixon signed the bill on October 30, 1972. This bill passed for a number of reasons, including the widespread publicity of lives lost for the lack of scarce medical resources with specific dramatization of identified lives at stake. The number of patients being kept alive increased to where they simply could not be ignored. The growth in the number of patients, physicians, and treatment centers led to strong momentum for governmental action. The extension of Medicare coverage to the disabled was noted by all key participants and justification of Section 2991. As one involved senator said, quote, Often you would rather vote for something than explain why you voted against it, end of quote. I met and somewhat knew Dr. Schreiner and found him to be an extraordinary, very physically and mentally impressive, happy and gregarious individual. He had an incredible stature and tan. There was none better to get something done, and he did it. By the way, his loves in college were biology and, as you would suspect, debate and drama. As an aside, the first several sessions of the American Society of Nephrology and maybe the National Kidney Foundations were all held in Washington, D.C. I bet he had something to do with that also. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.